Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. So we're continuing our series in the book of Acts, and uh, our theme is Serving God Together. And the book of Acts is really recording uh, the early church and their fulfillment of the mission that Jesus gave to the early church was to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was the early church in action. And today's message, I'm just going to pre-warn you if I get excited. I don't know, that last song there, it just lights me up for some reason because I just think the authority of Jesus Christ and what the authority of Jesus Christ can do in our lives. So if you need to buckle your seatbelt, feel free to do so because we're going to go on a journey. And it's an exciting journey in the book of Acts chapter 3 with uh, Peter and John. And it's the healing of the lame man at the gate beautiful, the gate called beautiful. Powerful message that I believe God's going to touch your lives today. In fact, um, I did this in first service, and I feel like we should do this in second service as well. Uh, there's just, uh, I want to do a reverence as we read God's word. If you're able, stand with me. Um, we're going to read God's word. Um, Acts chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 1. Um, and you can just stay in that passage of scripture as we go. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a lame man from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God when they realized he was the lame beggar that had, been so, that had been so often at the beautiful gate. They were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Lord, I thank you for your word today. And God, I pray once again that your word will come alive to us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Let it be life-changing, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. I think there's something symbolic as we stood to, to read God's word today because I think there's something that God wants to do in our lives. Just like the lame man who was raised from being crippled, I think God wants to raise something in each and every one of us. A few things that I want to point out in this passage of Scripture today. First, it was Peter and John who were going to the temple to pray. A prayer time in Jewish customs at that time, prayer time happened at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., and at sunset. So they prayed three times a day. 
They came to the temple three times a day. 3 p.m. was significant because they believed that that was the time that Jesus Christ gave up his spirit on the cross. And all of a sudden, that's where everything changed. So that this time was specifically special. We're actually going to start this tomorrow. We're going to open the church three times a day. And I'm expecting everybody to come and pray every time. Come on. Remember Peter and John were two of Jesus' closest confidants. These are the two that when Mary came running to, to the disciples after they had gone to the, t- uh, to the tomb of Jesus and they looked into the tomb and, there, and Jesus wasn't there and she came running back uh, to the disciples and she said, I was at the tomb and the tomb is empty and there's no one there. And then it was Peter and John. I'm not sure what happened to the other disciples. They stayed and met for some reason. I don't know. But Peter and John took off running. They ran to the tomb to go see what Mary, if that was all true. It's really the first recorded race that we see in the Gospels. Because in John chapter 20, which is the same John that wrote the Gospel, he records himself, it's just kind of funny, the one who Jesus loved actually beat Peter to the tomb. You know, So it's just kind of a funny thing as they write in this. But Peter and John, these were the two that all of a sudden they're on their way to the temple. And as they go to the temple, they have to pass through this gate called Beautiful. And as they're walking through that gate, there's a lame man that is begging at the gate. Now, this is the first really recorded miracle of the early church. I'm not talking about the first miracle of Jesus. I'm talking about the first recorded miracle of the early church. The first miracle of Jesus is when he turned water into wine um, at, at the wedding in Cana. But this is the first recorded miracle that we have of the early church. We, don't, we know it's not the only miracle because last week we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 43, it states that the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. So Luke has chosen to mention this miracle out of a variety of miracles. Now, I always, when I'm reading God's word, all of a sudden I'm going, I, what, it, you know, you kind of got to read it slow enough. And I'll think, wait a minute, there's a lot of miracles. Why did Luke decide to record this miracle? Why didn't he record another miracle? I really believe that this miracle was a very important miracle that changed the direction of the church in many ways. And, and we, we and just it continued to move the church forward. And I think Luke chose this miracle because it was a pivotal moment. It was more than just the reflection of a healing that was taking place. It was all the soul, a reflection of a movement that was taking place. In verse 12, we see that the miracle leads right into an opportunity for Peter to share a message of God's power, of his goodness. Because this miracle was not performed by Peter and John's power. This miracle was performed by the power of Jesus Christ. In fact, Peter declares this in verse 16, that this lame man was healed through, the faith, through their faith in the name of Jesus. That's why, man, when that song starts to sing on that last song, I start to get teary up. Not because of sadness. I started getting teary because of, of joy in my heart, recognizing that I have authority in Jesus Christ. I have the authority in the name of Jesus. This leads us into Peter's second sermon that's recorded in the book of Acts. If you remember, we already talked about the first sermon that happened at the day of Pentecost. He came out and people were bewildered because everybody was speaking in, in their own languages. They could understand, speak Galilean, speak in their language. And Peter saw an opportunity at that point. And all of a sudden, he started to preach his very first message. And when he preached his first message, it says that there was 3,000 people added to the church that day. Power of the Spirit of God upon them. 
At the end of this message, in chapter 4, we are informed that the church now totals about 5,000 men plus women and children. So the church is growing. And this frustrated the religious people. This frustrated the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were so uh, developed in the religious rules and the religious customs. And all of a sudden everything is being changed and flipped upon them. And they, they don't like this whole direction where, where these followers of Christ are taking, taking the church. This is something that we've had for thousands of years. Why are you guys trying to change it? But something is happening. Now the miracle performed at the gate beautiful was a spectacular miracle in the sense that this person we find in scripture, that this person had been crippled from birth. It wasn't like he just recently broke an ankle or a leg like my oldest son just broke his leg yesterday or two days ago, driving, racing a golf cart at men's retreat. Crazy, but he did. It wasn't like a recent break. Pray for Evan, by the way. It wasn't like a recent break. This man had been crippled from birth, it says. And if you go into chapter 4, you'll find out that he's had this, this crippling for 40 plus years. So this is not a, just a young lad. This is a grown man who has been crippled with this thing for, for a long, long time. Notice in verse 2 it states that each day he was carried into the temple and he was set beside the gate beautiful. And he was put there with probably a little jar and he was there to beg for money. That's how he earned his money. Think about that thought. 40 years being carried to the gate beautiful, set on the corner of the gate, put a little jar and beg for money. You go back home, you go to sleep, you wake back up, you're carried back to the gate beautiful, you're set at the corner gate and you sit there all day and you beg for money. And then you start over there. You want to talk about Groundhog's Day? Oh, the day just repeats over and over and over and over again. If you haven't seen the movie, it's, yeah. This happened from a very young age. He had very few choices in his own life. He was dependent upon everyone around him. He was dependent upon people to carry him to the gate. He was dependent upon someone to come and pick him up and carry him home from the gate. He was dependent probably upon someone bathing him. He was dependent upon someone, I mean, everything, he was dependent upon someone else. His life was not his own. He spent 40 years in this routine. So this miracle goes beyond just physical healing. This miracle really sets him free from a lifelong curse of bondage. It's understandable that after he's healed, Scripture states that he jumped up to his feet and he began to walk and leap and praise God. If you've been in bondage all of your life and then all of a sudden two men walk by and they all of a sudden set you free from, from this bondage of this physical bondage, you'd be praising God, you'd be leaping. See, I've seen people at the altars kneeling before God, and all of a sudden they start to weep uncontrollably, and people, I see people behind go, what's going on? Or someone starts to shout, what's going on? You see, when the Spirit of God touches something, it changes something. When the Spirit of God, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, everything, some of us have been crippled from birth in certain areas of our life that the Spirit of God wants to touch you. He wants to set you free. And I believe the God, Spirit of God can do so. Just like he healed this crippled man, the Spirit of God can touch you and heal you. We don't know what's happening with people here at the altars. Maybe they've been set free from addiction, from loneliness, from depression, from anger, 
from jealousy, from unforgiveness. I've known, I knew one guy years and years ago, he was carrying unforgiveness of another church member for almost 40 years. They wouldn't speak to each other. They couldn't even remember what they were mad about. But today I want to remind you that it's the Spirit of God that sets you free from the bondages of this life. It was the Spirit of God working through Peter and John that set this man free from, their bond, from his bondage. The Spirit of God turned his bitterness into sweetness. See, sometimes bondage is just not physical. That's what I want you to hear. Sometimes we can be in emotional bondage. We can hold hatred and unforgiveness and all those other things. And we're emotionally, catch this, we're emotionally broken. We're spiritually broken. And the Spirit of God wants to touch you. Jesus came to set us free from the bondages of life. Do you believe that? Jesus came to set us free from the bondages of sin. There was a day where Jesus, and it's recorded in Luke chapter 4. Luke is also the author of the book of Acts. But in his gospel, it records the day when all of a sudden Jesus walks into Nazareth, his hometown, and he decides to go to the synagogue, which is the temple, the church. He's invited to come and speak and come to share. Can you imagine if Jesus would come here? Yeah, we would empty our pockets of money, wouldn't we? We'd, whatever it takes, Pastor Tom, man, we'll put, put, let Jesus speak. That's why he said, you know what, you don't have to worry about that anymore. You got the Holy Spirit. I'm going to speak through you all the time. You don't need any money. Guess what? I can give you the spirit of God. But catch this picture. All of a sudden, Jesus walks into the synagogue. He walks up some stairs. He goes to the lectern where all of a sudden a, a scribe brings out the, the book or the, the scroll of Isaiah. And the, all of a sudden, the scroll of Isaiah is rolled out. And then Jesus is going to read a prophetic word that was written a thousand years before. And this word is about Jesus himself. And he writes and, he, and Jesus shares these words. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And I was thinking about that. So many times we live life without recognizing that this is the time of the Lord's favor upon us right now by the, spirit of his, by the power of his Holy Spirit. We're living in that time. The Spirit of the Lord is upon Peter and John as they ministered to this lame man at the temple gate. It wasn't Peter and John's power that healed this man. It was what Jesus was just sharing when he was said, the Spirit is upon me. Guess what? He gave that to his apostles. He gave that to his disciples. He gave that to the followers of Christ. Today I remind you that through God's help, you can create an environment in your life where you can be set free from the sin from sin in your life and from brokenness in your life. It's choosing to live in an environment of faith. And as followers of Jesus, we're not only called to be set free, but we're called to be anointed and to be sent out by the power of the Holy Spirit to help set other pe pe people free by the power of Jesus Christ. We are Christ ambassadors. Say that with me. We are Christ ambassadors. I'm not asking you. That's what Scripture says. We are Christ. What's an ambassador, Pastor Tom? The United States have many ambassadors. We send people all over the world, and they represent the United States. They represent us on, they represent us on behalf of another country. 
That's what we are as Christ ambassadors. We represent Jesus on behalf of others. It's a cool analogy that you need to grab a hold of. Just like Peter and John who are being used by the power of God's spirit, we are Christ ambassadors. Another detail of this story that I believe many times we miss is the thought of where the lame man went after he was healed. He followed Peter and John back into the temple. And think about this thought. We don't know if the lame man was ever allowed into the temple. We don't know if he, was ever, if he ever went into the temple in the first. He never went there on his own. He was crippled. Could this have been the very first time that he enters into the temple and he enters in with Peter and John, the ones who set him free from those bondage? We know it's Jesus, but Jesus used these two guys. Now as he's inside the temple worshiping God, no longer outside trying to look in. And I love the imagery, imagery, imagery I can't say that word for all of a sudden, just went, whew, Holy Spirit, come back. Imagery, I can't say it. That Luke leaves. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody knows what I'm saying. That Luke leaves with us in verse 11. The lame man is clinging to Peter and John. Think about that thought. He's clinging to them. If someone just healed you from bondage of 40 years, you'd be clinging to them as well. Sometimes we just need to cling to Jesus. See, Peter and John represented Jesus to this lame man. There's times when we get touched by the power of God, we just need to cling to Jesus, guys. He had found fellowship among the believers. This lame man had found fellowship. That's just a whole other, I could preach a whole other message right there. I can't do that, but oof, it's powerful. But today let me share with you some practical thoughts on how we can embrace God's spirit working through us. How through the power of God, we can make a difference. Don't, don't you want to make a difference in life? Come on. How we can, sometimes it's not, sometimes we don't recognize the little thing that we do makes a huge difference. Sometimes we will never find that out till later in life or maybe after we're dead and gone and in heaven we recognize, hey, I made a huge difference. But if you want to make a difference, here's some things that we can do that we find in this story. First, we must care about others. We must care about others. One of the beautiful parts of this story is that Peter and John stopped when the lame man asked them for money. They didn't just walk on by. They stopped. This, is, this was one of the main gates at the temple. It's called the Gate Beautiful. And think about this. The thousands of people that would have walked past this beggar, this lame man, each and every day they walked past him. And you know, you know that there's a lot of people that would never have stopped because he'd been lame, we know, for 40 years. He could have been there as a, just as a child, been begging for money. Now he's a grown adult and people, thousands of people would walk by. But then on this day, two people named Peter and John, they didn't just walk by, they stopped. They slowed down enough to take time to meet this man who was begging. Caring means to slow down and see and hear people. That's what caring means. It's to slow down to see and hear people. We will never make a difference in the lives of others if we are so focused on our own schedule, on our own agenda. I'm talking to Pastor Tom right now, so let me preach to myself. I will never make a difference in people's lives if I'm so focused on what I got to do today. Oh, I got to go, oh, I got to go pay bills. I got to make this happen. Oh, I got this meeting that I got to, but then I have another meeting. Okay, so that meeting can only be 20 minutes, and then I'm going to go to another. 
If I'm so focused on my agenda, on my schedule, on everything and like that, guess what? How is God ever going to find time in my life to work his power through me? Sometimes we just need to slow down enough to care. I want, if you want to write one thing down, write this down. Many times being led by the Spirit of God means waiting, not going. I've missed more opportunities because I was in a hurry than I ever missed because I was being delayed. In fact, many times in the delay is where God was trying to do a miracle. Peter and John were delayed from entering into the temple. And it was in the delay that the Spirit of God did the miraculous. We must learn to welcome the delays in our life. That means that when it means that God is opening up a new opportunity for us to re, for his glory to be revealed. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love is patient. Love is not in a hurry. It doesn't say love is in a hurry. So hurry guys. Paul says love is patient. Let's be patient in the waiting and see what God wants to do in and through our lives to touch someone else's life. The second way we embrace God's spirit working through us is that we must give what we have. Give what you have. Peter and John didn't have any money to give to the beggar. Peter told the, money, Peter told the man when he's walking by, silver and gold I do, I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Many times in life we fall short of helping people because we think we don't have anything to offer. We all of a sudden, we come up and they're asking for one thing. We feel like we can't meet that need. We have nothing to offer, so we just keep walking on by. The beggar man, he's asking for money. He's expecting money. Peter and John, they have no silver and gold. They have no money to give the beggar. They could have just walked on by. Oh, we don't have anything to offer them. You know what? In fact, I'm just going to make some distance here. And I'm going to walk over here because I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't want to have that guilt on me. But you see, Peter and John were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They knew that this man didn't need money, that he needed a physical healing of his body. And he says, hey, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I'm going to give to you right now. They were coming with expectation. I'm skipping ahead. There's a point coming in that, but I just can't wait for it right now. What do you have to give? What is the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart that you think you don't have anything to give? He says, oh, you got a lot to give. You just need to listen. You need to slow down. You need to be patient. Peter knew he had something greater than money to offer. He knew the man's need was to be healed. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to dictate what we give. We shouldn't be so hurried just to do what we think we do, but we need to have the Spirit of God to dictate what we should give. Maybe someone needs prayer. Maybe someone needs friendship. Maybe someone just needs to be heard. And all you have to do is spend a little time, and that's the greatest thing that you could ever give them. We will never realize what miracle is needed unless we are willing to give what we have. Are you willing to give what you have? You see, so many times we're doing these offerings with Convoy of Hope. We're doing it for the whole month. It's really cool. I love Convoy of Hope. I love the ministry that it offers. But some of you think, man, I just don't have much. Do you have $10? Give it. Do you have 20 Give it. It can make it. You know, there's a story in the Bible about a man named Jesus, which is the Bible's a lot about. 
as he's teaching, as he's preaching, all of a sudden there's a story in there where all of a sudden people were getting hungry. There's about 5,000 people that were listening to him, but now all of a sudden he recognized that they were hungry. You know, when he walked out in that wilderness that day when he fed the 5,000, there wasn't two convoy of hope trucks following behind him. Hey, guys, come on. Hal, Hal Donaldson's the leader. of Hey, Hal, yeah, bring your trucks. Come on, we're going to feed these five. He didn't have that. What did Jesus had? Jesus had... A lad, a boy, a young boy's lunch, two fish, five loaves. He took what was there and he broke it and blessed it and it fed the 5,000. You see, you don't know what your $10 can do. You don't know. It's not the size of the gift. It's the size of the heart in giving. It's the willingness to say, you know what? It's a huge sacrifice for me. I'm giving it. And out of that gift, God can take that and he can use it. But so many times we dictate what we're going to give and we need to switch our thinking. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to dictate our giving. Miracles happen when we are willing to give what we have. Another step in embracing God's Spirit is to expect God for the impossible. In verse 4, it states that Peter and John looked intently at the crippled man. He, they looked at the crippled man with, with it, it, the idea is that their eyes were fixed upon this man. The Greek word can be, tra- can be translated, I direct my gaze. Have you ever gazed at anything? Have you ever looked at something so beautiful and you just kind of get lost and you just start gazing at it? Or, you know, and someone has to say, hey, hey, come on, it's time to go. And you, because you're just, you're lost. I think this is what happened to Peter and John as they walk up to the, beautiful, the gate, the beautiful, and they see this lame, lame man sitting there begging for money. You see, Peter was expecting, I believe, a miracle. He walked there expecting a miracle because he already knew he had no silver and gold. He was gazing upon the man with the intent that something was about to happen. And Peter said to the man, look at us. It says it in Scripture, look at it with an exclamation point. Look at us. Hey, look at me. Why would Peter say that? I, I always wonder, what does that have to do with the whole story? Why is that thrown in there? Look at us. I started thinking about it. Put yourself in the beggar's life. Sitting at the temple gate every day with a jar right beside him, begging for money. People would walk by, not say a word. He would see some people walk around. They would actually make a distance between him and them. Alms for the poor, alms for the poor. They'd walk around. He was living a life of rejection. He was living a life of self-shame. He was, he was looked upon as, oh, look at that poor guy. Oh, how sad that is. That's what he's hearing each and every day as people walk by. He's just, there's just no life. There's nothing. You, you get that for 40 years, guys? 40 years, that's all you feel, that's all you see? Let me tell you what took place, I believe. I believe Peter said, hey, look at me. He wanted him to see some faith. He wanted him to see some expectations. He wanted that, that, that beggar to see something more than just, this, than just shame or rejection. He wanted to give him hope. He wanted to see the hope in Peter's eyes. Hey, look at me. Do you get the picture? Hey, something's about ready to happen. 
See, Peter, he didn't look at the man with pity. Man, he looked at the man as an opportunity for God's glory to be seen. In our life, we need to live with expectations. We need to give people hope. The hope of what God can do in and through their life. We can only give that hope when our faith is in the power of Jesus Christ. Tom can't give any hope out to you at all. In fact, if you hang out with me long enough, you'll realize that sometimes, man, Pastor Tom, he's not, he's just like, you know, he's, he's kind of discouraging sometimes. Come on, let's just be real. That's when Pastor Tom was walking in his flesh. But when all of a sudden we allow the Spirit of God to anoint us, and it happens to all of us if we're following Christ. When we allow the Spirit of God to get upon us, all of a sudden something new, something fresh, new wine it talks about in the Bible, new gifts, new opportunities start to come on our life. And we start seeing things differently. We start seeing things through the eyes of God instead. See, Peter was seeing something differently than anyone else was seeing because the Spirit of God was leading him. Hey, look at me. Man, I'd give anything to see, be right there, right there at that moment. See, miracles happen in an environment of faith and expectation. Sometimes in our own life, we need to listen to the words of Peter. Get up and walk. Some of us need to get up and walk. Whatever, what area of your life have you become paralyzed and God is telling you right now, get up and walk. Stand up in faith now and believe. Let's start living with expectations instead of regrets. Let's believe that God can do the impossible. Another important step on how we invite God's spirit to work through us is be grateful for the miraculous. Be grateful for God's work. This is a, it's very, this is a very simple I thought, this is a very, but it's so vital to our lives. Notice when the lame man was healed, he didn't just walk away. Hey, thanks Peter and John, thanks for healing me. Appreciate all that you did for me. He didn't walk away. What did it say in the Bible? All of a sudden he stood up, he walked, he leaped. It says in the Bible that his ankles were not only healed, they were strengthened. This guy had a 40-inch vertical jump. He could do a, you know, a double 360 with a backward slam dunk. Because he wasn't just healed, he was strengthened. The power of God was upon him. And he was praising God, leaping, about, leaping and praising God. Think about it. You've been crippled all your life. All of a sudden, God, the power of God touches you. You wouldn't just go, oh, man, that's great. No, you'd be up. You'd be leaping. You'd be celebrating. This lame man completely embraced the miracle that took place in his life. And I love that mental picture that, the, that Luke gives us in, in the book of Acts. He's clinging to Peter and John. He wouldn't let them go. He recognized the power of God at work in them. And he glorified and worshipped God. Psalms 29 verse 2 states, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. When God does the miraculous in your life, embrace it as a miracle from God and be grateful. I'm going to say it again. When God does the miraculous in your life, be grateful and glorify him. Have you ever done something really nice, something really cool, something really good? And then all of a sudden someone gives the credit, the one that you did it for, they, they give the credit to somebody else. Ticks you off. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You go home to your wife, you know what I, I, and they give the credit, or worse yet, they don't give the credit to anybody, they just take it to themselves. 
yeah, you know. And you know it was you that opened the door. It was you that did the work. Are you kidding me? Seriously? You're going to do that to me? We must never treat God with such contempt. We must be grateful for his blessings. And we must ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. And we worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. If you want more of God's blessings over your life, then recognize the blessings he's already given over your life and start praising him like never before and being grateful. Because when you start doing that, I believe the power of the Holy Spirit is poured out on you even in a greater way than ever before. Finally, God's power should lead us to share about God's goodness. The lame man was asking for money, but what he really needed was a miracle from God. He needed the touch of God's power. Everyone needs the touch of God's power in their life. Not if you're physically crippled. Every single one of us need God's power, powerful touch upon our lives to change us from the inside out. We need to share about God's goodness. This is what makes this story even more spectacular, what I shared earlier. Why did Luke share this story? Of all the miracles that was happening in the early church, why did Luke choose this story? Because I believe it's more than just the healing of a a lame man, the transformation of that lame man. It states in the scripture that that they were astounded. Talking about the people in the synagogue, when the lame man walked, they were astounded. They were basically in the form of a a shock. Think about it. Big temple. Bigger than this. They're praising God. They're praying All of a sudden, there's a commotion in the back. Ushers, go see what's happening over there. All of a sudden, there's a man back there leaping, and he's raising his hands, and he's praising God. And he's starting to look. Is that that lame man that we've seen that he's begging at the temple? Is that the same guy that's been begging at the gate beautiful for all these years? Is that him? They were astounded. They were amazed. And all of a sudden, they, it was almost, it, almost a fear. What in the world is happening? And it was in that moment that Peter saw his opportunity to share his testimony of Jesus Christ. To share about God's love and the power for all people. Don't miss next week. We're diving into this next week. It's the second message that Peter walks into. And we know that it changed people's lives. And the church continued to grow. It wasn't, that, it wasn't without consequence. We'll talk about the consequences that Peter and John took because of sharing that message. But nothing was going to stop them from sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. About how this lame man was healed miraculously. And all of a sudden, see, miracles happen in our lives to open up the door, door for good news to be shared to other people. I really believe that. Yeah, it's about you that much. But more importantly, the miracle that takes place in your life is to be a testimony of the goodness of God to others. It's to open up the door. It's why when all of a sudden you've gotten a promotion at your work, or all of a sudden you've been out of work for for a couple of years, all of a sudden God opens the door, and you know, they finally saw my resume for what it really was, and they finally recognized my talent. No. You give glory to God. It's God that opened the door. Watch what God will do in and through your life. 
This man had been begging for years at the gates, and it just changed people's thinking. And Peter took advantage of it, not in a bad way, but in a good way. You see, Peter recognized his surroundings. There was disturbance going on. What's going on? People were seeing Peter and John walk in with this lame man. He goes, ha, ah, this is a good opportunity. I think I'm going to take advantage of this. Are you aware of the surroundings that are happening around you? Are you aware of an opportunity where God may want to use you by the power of His Holy Spirit to speak into someone else's life? I declare to you today, be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the opportunities that God sets before you. In chapter 4, it states that the church grew by 5,000 men plus women and children. The church was growing because people were sharing the good news of Jesus. It should remind all of us that we cannot fear man when it comes to sharing our faith about Jesus. For we are commanded and we have been equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Today, I declare over you, let's continue the story of Acts. Let's continue the story of Acts. Still being written. The acts of the disciples, the acts of, of God's people. Let's continue the story and share the good news of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word, as I've shared many times before, your scripture says it will not return void. Meaning that when it is spoken out by the power of your Holy Spirit, it changes people's lives. And I pray today, God, your word, as we've said and as we've worshiped today with powerful songs and worship, I pray, God, that by the power of your spirit, your word will rise up in us in a new and a fresh way that will give us more boldness and confidence than we've ever had before. Just as Peter and John walked into that synagogue that day, as they were walking in, they stopped and saw the opportunity. I pray in Jesus' name that we will stop and see the opportunity that you lay before us each and every day. With every head bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. If you're watching us online, we want to say thank you for watching us online. But for those of you who have never made a decision to follow after Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can make that choice to say, yeah, Pastor Tom, I want to make that commitment to follow after Jesus. I need His Spirit in my life. And if that is you, it is so simple to receive Christ. I do this almost weekly. Pastor Tom, this is, this, is, this is the thing that we should be most excited about every week, of anything. More excited than even my message. We should be excited about people receiving Jesus. Amen? If you're here and you need Christ in your life, then repeat after me this prayer. It's such a simple prayer. You can say it in your heart. You can say it out loud. I don't care. Just mean it with your heart. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I choose to follow you this day. Set me free from bondage. Give me the power of your spirit. Help me to do what is right to follow you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? The Bible says and declares that all we have to do is to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you are saved. Powerful words. The second thing I want to share, and you guys can have your eyes open for right now. I'm going to be praying this week. And I want you to remember this. I'm going to be praying that the Holy Spirit opens up new doors for each and every one of us. Wherever we might be at, might be at school, might be at the workplace, might be at home, might be at the hospital, might be wherever, wherever, wherever we're at. God's going to open up new opportunities for us to walk through. We just have to be aware of the surroundings. 
and use the giftings that God has given you to make in the difference in people's lives. Amen? If you don't know what to give, stop and ask the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will declare to you what you have to give. That's going to be a life-changing experience for that person. Amen? Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.